Vegas Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, July 22nd, 2018. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio today with Daniel Hansen and August Berkshire. Oh, sorry, I just, I just butchered August's name. No, Ber- Berkshire? Yeah. Berkshire. Either, either way. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the problem of evil is a philosophical discussion that traditionally is attributed to the Greek philosopher Epicurus. While it predates the monotheistic religions that dominate many cultures today, it is, a, it is still a relevant logical argument when talking to theists. This is an open conversation. We welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, Tweet us at Atheist Talk or send us a message over at Facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. Hoggins and Daniel, thank you for joining me in the studio today where we mark the anniversary of Thorne and company departing from Bjorn's house on their way to the Lonely Mountain. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that was a stretch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I guess we were talking right before we came on. I'm where I, I probably should have, after knowing you for years, <laughs> pronounced your <laughs> last name correctly. <laughs> They have an easy name like Hanson. Come on. <laughs> um, I'm sure most of our listeners are, are aware, but like, what is what is the problem of evil? Can you kind of like give us a brief overview, define that? Well, as you said, it, it goes back to the Greek philosopher Epicurus, uh, who lived uh, 341 to 270 BCE, and it's basically the following: If an all-powerful, all-seeing, all-good God exists then evil would not exist. However, we observe that there is evil in the world, and therefore an all-powerful, all-seeing, all-good God does not exist. Now, a God might be some of those things, but it can't be all of those things. So maybe God is um, he's all-powerful and he's all-seeing, but he's kind of evil, and so that's why evil exists. Or maybe God is uh, he's all-seeing and he's all-good, but he just doesn't have the power to uh, overcome the evil. And this was actually the response of uh, Rabbi Harold Krishner in his book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. That's what he concluded. God sees the evil. He cares about it. He suffers with us. He just he just can't do anything about it. At least that's logically consistent. Mm-hmm. No reason we should believe in such a God, but at least it gets rid of uh, the contradiction. Now, I've been talking about atheism and and debating theists for about 30 years. And when you do this, you start hearing uh, arguments back for the problem of evil, for all kinds of problems with religion. Right. And I'm a list maker. And I started making (laughs) a list of these things. And I'm also a pamphleteer. And so eventually I got enough of them to put into a pamphlet. So I came up with a pamphlet listing uh, 16 unconvincing explanations that religious people give in an attempt to reconcile the existence of evil with their belief in the existence of an all-powerful, all-loving God. So uh, today's talk is based on my pamphlet, The Problem of Evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I also should say that if anyone listening wants a copy of this, I'll I'll be happy to send them a copy. They can email us, um, info at minnesotaatheist.org, or after the show, call us, uh, 612-612. 588-7031, and we'll be happy to send them either hard copy or digital copy. Okay, and listeners, I mean, if you just even email or get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms, we'll forward your request on to August. And, exactly. And if you ever come to one any of our live events, like where we have booths and stuff, I've always seen this pamphlet there as well. <laughs> right. So, yeah. 
Now, there are basically two kinds of evil. Uh, there's human evil, or the evil that humans cause, and there's natural evil. Now, a lot of times people excuse human evil as just a misuse of our free will. And they say that God is justified in allowing there to be evil if there is a greater good. And the greater good is the human free will. So if you're going to give humans free will, that means they have the freedom to misuse it and to cause harm. Uh, but if you want to get rid of evil, you'd have to get rid of free will. Then we'd all be robots. That wouldn't be a good thing. So they try to justify human uh, evil that way. Somewhat plausible. We'll set that aside because we'll go after the low-hanging fruit, which is the natural <laughs> evil, the easy stuff. And natural evil are things uh, that occur in nature, birth defects, diseases, natural disasters, and predators. And that's much harder for a religious person to defend. Why do these things exist? Yeah, I remember that was one of Stephen Fry's when he got questioned. Uh, it was a really famous interview he did a few years ago. And that was one of the things that he listed was like, you know, why your God allows babies to have parasites in their eyes. Like, right. <laughs> like right. why yeah. do I want to, why do I care about that? And I mean, that's an emotional response, not mm -hmm. necessarily a logical one. But, that, but if, yeah, if you had, uh, if you had the option, would you have baby cancer exist? Right. You know, cancer, it's it's difficult. So shall I go ahead and yeah. start off here? All right. So, so Daniel's going to read these 16 points one by one, and then I'll respond, and then we'll discuss them. So we'll start off first that uh, human ancestors are to blame for a fallen world. So natural evil did not exist until early humans, such as Adam and Eve, transgressed against God. Okay. Uh, but sinning against a God would not in itself create the evil. That was God's response to our sin, supposedly, according to the legend. So God could have responded in some other way. He decided to inflict evil on us. Uh, so that doesn't excuse that. I mean, that's showing him as actually the cause of evil. He, he was the one that put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, supposedly. Well, he said the consequences that. for... Yeah, the consequences. Right. I mean, he could have had different consequences. Slap on the hand, start over. Mm -hmm. uh, and then another thing is, okay, so you want to punish Adam and Eve. Fine, but what about the rest of us? Okay, why not just give them some boils, but then let their kids <laughs> be perfectly healthy and no disease or anything? The you know what I mean? still there. Go ahead and make your choice. <laughs> so we, this gets into the problem of justice, which is another problem with God, uh, the injustice that we see. So this is not a very good explanation for the problem of evil. So next would be the devil did it. Uh, this goes along the lines that God isn't really responsible for evil in the world. The devil's is. Ah. Well, uh, <laughs> trying to shift the blame. This this would work if the devil had equal power to God or greater power than God. But according to most theologies, uh, God is all powerful. That mm -hmm. means he's more powerful than the devil. So God could override the devil uh, didn't even have to create him in the first place. I was going to say, place. didn't have to create the devil in the first place, right? Yeah. So you can't get off the hook, you know, by saying, uh, by blaming it on a devil, right? And if God had created, like, if God God can see the future, then mm -hmm. God should have known that, hey, this angel was going to rebel or whatever right. the, your mythology is surrounding 
surrounding Satan. Oh, and that even gets back to the first one, the Adam and Eve. If God could see the future, he knew he created flawed human beings. And knew they were going to go down this road and they were going to have all of these suffering. And that, I mean, if you believe that, that Satan, Lucifer, whatever, you know, um, chose to be evil, then then the angels had free will and he knew how that turned out. A third of them went bad or whatever. Um, you know, might have thought, yeah, this this doesn't work well. Right. But anyways. Uh next the um unknown greater good, which fo- uh, fo- is as follows. God must commit or allow some evil to exist in order to accomplish an unknown greater good. Yeah. Um this is probably one of the harder uh, excuses to combat because it's, you know, it's unknown. How can you challenge us? I think we would acknowledge that if the only way you can achieve a greater good is through some suffering, then that suffering is justified. So for example, if you have a cavity, you go to the dentist, uh, no matter how much Novocaine they give you, it's an uncomfortable experience. You might have some pain afterwards, but the greater good is you're going to get your teeth filled and uh, it's better than not getting them filled. You could potentially avoid death from an right. infected tooth abscess. Yeah, yes. So as far as we humans know, that's the mm. only way we can fill a tooth is to have some discomfort. However, if the dentist has the option of giving you Novocaine and not giving you Novocaine, and he doesn't give it to you, that's evil. Right. So in this scenario, you have to you're morally obligated to eliminate as much pain as possible. Now, if you're a God, why can't you eliminate all pain? Whatever your unknown greater good is, why can't you accomplish it without pain? Doesn't that kind of limit your power? Yeah, if you're a God who claims omnipotence. Right, if you had an omnipotent dentist, you'd like him just to, like, touch your tooth and be done with it. Well, all power, yeah. Yes. Um, So... If we don't know what this greater good is, because no one has ever explained what this greater good is, they just say, well, it, it, it might be there, so you have to accept this as an excuse. If they don't tell us what this greater good is, we're not obliged um, to accept the existence of this God. We wouldn't, we wouldn't accept that in anything else. Like if I, if I came over and I robbed your house and said, well, I can't explain why this is for the greater good, I just... I just have to do this. You got to trust me. We wouldn't. We wouldn't go with that. Yeah, I mean, it might be true, but we wouldn't be obligated to accept that excuse. Correct. And we probably wouldn't. Does it get harder to do this? Um, to take that, it's almost like ends justify the means kind of thing. Does that get harder as you scale it up from a cavity to like, I don't know, some other large moral decision? <laughs> like, is it worth? Is it worth killing? You know, a thousand kids if it meant you could save a billion. Does that, make, does that make sense? Um, kind of, but if God's all powerful, the scale doesn't matter. That makes, oh, yeah. Th- okay. This is why I'm not the expert. <laughs> 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 all right, we have about 30 seconds left. Well, I'll, I'll get it in one more point. Um, going back to the fallen world, and this touches on uh, some of the other points. Uh, why do animals suffer? Oh. Okay, there's there's no morality going on there. Why Why are they suffering? Yeah. All right. Well, please stay with us through the break. We'll return and continue our evil discussion with Daniel and August. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
Welcome back to AM950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio with Daniel Hansen and August Berkshire, discussing the philosophical problem plaguing plenty of patriarchal pontiffs. <laughs> Before we get back to the show, I want to remind everyone listening live that immediately following this program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production from American Atheists. If you miss an episode live, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast podcast app. If you're interested in getting involved with the conversation we're having today, the phone number is 952-946-6205. Email us at radio at mnatheists.org. Tweet us at Atheist Talk or leave a message on the Facebook post for this episode over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. All right, August, Dan, um, we were... I cut you off. <laughs> no, I, I finished that thought. Okay. <laughs> I think we were headed into the next one, which uh, is is a, a pretty common one. It's it's one I've heard quite a few times, which is good because I didn't want to talk about little puppy dogs suffering anymore, <laughs> right? Uh, and that is, evil is necessary for free will, and it, it goes something like this: Without evil, we would have no free will, and we would be basically just robots. Okay. Well, my response to that is: uh, What do birth defects, disease, natural disasters have to do with free will? Uh, do sick people have more free will than healthy people? <laughs> See, there's no connection between natural evil and free will. There are people that would say that. <laughs> that, you know, this is a bad, there are bad people that live in this town, so the hurricane hit. But that's a little tough. <laughs> yeah. I think abortion and gays have been blamed on a lot of hurricanes <laughs> right. and earthquakes. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another one of the points we'll get to. Oh, the, sorry. Those things. <laughs> but we're talking about this, this free will thing. I mean, right. If, there, if that was a logical argument, then we could get the ultimate free will by get, giving ourselves the ultimate amount of disease. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just makes no sense. And then there's a question about, you know, about heaven, right? I mean, uh, you know, if God created a heaven, there's no, there's no diseases, disasters, right? I mean, yeah. um, how does so, that work? So su supposedly, according to legend, God created a heaven and... There's no, heaven is perfect. It's wonderful. There's no disease there. There's no natural disasters. And the souls there supposedly have free will. So you have free will, beings with free will existing without any natural evil. Right. So if a God can do this in heaven, why can't God do it on earth? Why didn't he do it in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> she, well, he, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like we have, is this going to pause for a phone call? Sure. All right. We have a phone call, Michael in Minneapolis. How's it going? Hey, are you there? Hello, Hi, how's it going? Oh, hey, uh, welcome to Atheist Talk. What, what do you got for us? Uh, well, I was listening to you guys, and uh, I was uh, wanted to give out a few cents, and I know uh, August was sitting there uh, continually rebunking the list of 16 common defenses. Yeah, I know he said something about the free will defense, um, and they're talking about the, uh, the the natural evil versus the uh, the, uh, the Evils committed by it man or natural. Sorry, my cat's calling in the way. Excuse me. Um, but I wanted to uh, show that uh, I wanted to say that there's uh, natural uh, people have a natural need for the Odyssey. You know, because without a the Odyssey, the 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 existence of evil counts against the existence of God. Because that's why a lot of theists really need desperately to put a uh, reason why. And it usually always boils down to the, uh, the omni. You know, omnibenevolent God, the, you know, all-knowing, I've seen, I'm powerful. Of course, you know, there's issues with that. But, um, 
without that, um, you can always say that, you know, God, you can give up one of the attributes, which is probably the easiest way of doing it. Um, but besides giving up one of the attributes, people always, you know, have the free will defense versus, uh, or, or, you know, you know even I heard from, uh, even not necessarily the Christians, I heard from a lot of, uh, you know, hippie-like type people where they want to do balance and yin and yang, and it's like, there's got to be a balance to it, but there, the problem with that is the, the evidence, you know, the evidential problem is there's so much evil around there. I mean, how can you possibly compare the good that could possibly be all the evil that's out there right now? There's so much evil right now, there's, uh, you got to show us where the good is coming from there. Um, so it can't possibly be balanced like that. And, and all these logical arguments and problems of evil, all, it all starts from just the logical part of evil. The biggest thing is, no matter what anybody says, there is so much evidence of evil, natural or non-natural. And that in itself it has to really much convince people. That's what has to convince me, you know, uh, growing up and uh, having family members died because of uh, their family, because of them refusing blood transfusions. Yeah. And, and, All right, well. and such a, it's such a horrible thing, you know. Um, but, I'm not trying to get too personal into that. No, but I understand. that's totally understandable. We are gonna we're gonna address those off air, or okay. o- yeah. offline. And thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Well, uh, Michael's right that the problem of evil is probably the number one thing that gets people questioning the existence of a god. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably the the, the biggest yeah. thing. And. Religious people have recognized this as a problem. They've come up with theodicy, which is to try to defend God. Yeah, that was a word Michael had used, and I was like, I've seen that word before, but I don't know what that word means. Right. And this problem of evil doesn't apply just to Christians or just to Jews or just to Muslims. It it applies to anyone who believes that a God exists who is all three things. He's all-powerful, he's all-seeing, and he's all-good. Now, that is typically ascribed to the Christian God, the Jewish God, and the Muslim God, but it could be any any God, uh, right? That is supposedly those three things that they're going to have this problem because, as Michael says, there's a lot of evil out there. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I, d- I did like how he was like, you know, that's enough to prove. Is like, yes, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I really appreciated Michael's call. The, the only part I found amusing was almost like, yes, we acknowledge evil. There is yes. a lot of evil. <laughs> well, even if you don't call it evil, there's a lot of bad, bad, bad stuff. So, uh, next let's go with uh, the idea that God is just testing our faith. In other words, evil is God's way of testing our faith, like Job was tested in the Old Testament. Okay. Well, if this is true, what sense does it make to impose a loyalty test on an infant who dies from a disease or a natural disaster? You know, I don't have an answer for that. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard a good one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well... How about, is evil needed to, uh, I'm sorry, evil is needed to appreciate the good. Without the contrast of evil, we wouldn't appreciate what's good. And I think our caller was uh, kind of touching on that just a little bit, too. This idea of, of balance and that, you know, how would you know it was good if you didn't know it was evil? Okay. Well, why, if God wants us to appreciate the good, why couldn't he just give us the ability to appreciate it without the bad? Um, and also... Since we're talking in this segment about natural evil, wouldn't the evil that humans do to each other suffice 
uh, to give us that lesson in contrast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you hit me, you rob me. Uh, that would tell me the difference between a, a good and bad, a person who doesn't do that to me right. and a person who does do that. What does throwing a hurricane on top of that you yeah. know, teach me? If you, if you I, th- I think if evil didn't exist in humans, but we, we saw it in nature, like, say, animals and, the, and the, you know, nature red in tooth and claw, you know, um, that might, you'd think that would be enough to... to kind of tell us something too. I don't know. But I, but I think evil and suffering extend to all other animals too. There shouldn't be anything suffering. Right. All beings should be vegetarians. <laughs> we'll return to our discussion with August and Daniel right after this brief commercial break. This is Maddie Love and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm Maddie in the studio this week with August and Daniel. Before we continue with our conversation, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors. All of us at Atheist Talk are asking for your help in keeping secular voices on the public airwaves and in podcast form. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you would like to advertise in this program and keep us on the air please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. This radio program is put together by dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of people like you. It's because of listeners like you that we're able to keep Atheist Talk on the radio and in podcast form. This week, we'd like to thank monthly sustaining donors Cindy and August. And finally, a thank you to all of you who donate each and every week over on Patreon. A special shout out to Jeff, one of our longest patrons, who took our advice stopping at the unofficial Wisconsin, unofficial Atheist Talk, Wisconsin Interstate Fudge and Cheese Shop. <laughs> if you follow Atheist Talk on Twitter, you already know where that is and how much Stephanie Hertzie and I enjoyed our stop. If you're able to help with the donation, you can do so over at our radio fund page or by becoming a patron. Sign up for as little as $1 an episode over at patreon.com slash atheisttalk and listen to all of our extended interviews, discussions, with a healthy dose of tomfoolery where the FCC holds no sway. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. When we say we couldn't do this show without you, we really do mean it, and we truly are grateful for your contributions. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael David. All right, mischief managed. We had an email question from Barb, and Barb is asking, so what if we acknowledge that natural disasters just are and have no good or evil attached to them? Uh, but they have evil consequences attached to them. They cause suffering. They cause death. Uh, so they're not benign. They're not neutral. They're they're positively evil. Uh, I think yeah. I think it's about the consequences, not not whether they were caused by anybody. But again, if you could stop, like if I could stop a forest fire, you know, from happening and and causing destruction and and, and death, I I would yeah. if if I were omnipotent. Now, as a- atheists, uh, we don't view an intelligence behind nature. And so in that sense, it would be neutral. Forest fire, mm-hmm. a hurricane, or just, you know, they're not out to get us. They're not consciously evil. But they still have consequences. Pain, suffering as still happens. Yeah. Right. Okay, so let's, let's move on. Um, the next is, evil is necessary for compassion. I believe this was a big one from... Uh, I hear this from Catholics a lot, I think, is, is one of their, their sort of things. Anyways, we are born as self-centered people, and evil is necessary for us to learn compassion. Well, if God wanted us to be compassionate, why didn't he just make us that way? 
um, why a sadistic scheme of torturing innocent babies to instill compassion in their parents? Yeah. And what about suffering that occurs where there are no witnesses? Mm -hmm. That's not going to instill compassion in anybody. So if I break my leg in the forest and nobody's around, will God still hear it? Or <laughs> <laughs> It'll still hurt. <laughs> All right. Uh, still kind of looking at this whole suffering thing. Uh, suffering builds character. Humans are imperfect. We're fallen, sinful beings. Um, and suffering helps us build character. Well, uh, building character can sometimes require effort, uh, like helping other people can build your character, studying things, sportsmanship. But none of these things tend to make us suffer. Okay, uh, what kind of character is a baby supposed to be developing who's born with a birth defect so severe that it will only live a few days? That's not character building. Right. Just want and suffering. And I think, you know, there is an innate, this touches a little bit on the last question too about compassion, there is an innate um, empathy that, that humans have. You know, it, it, unless you unless you're very, wired very differently than most people, if you see a baby crying, you have a physiological, there's a physiological effect. You, you are immediately feel empathy and, and a desire to help, help the situation. Or, you know, not necessarily baby, I mean, we keep mentioning, but, you know, someone else, you see someone in pain, you feel for them. You might start to tear up even or, or whatever. That's it's just innate. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so number nine, evil is really God's love. What we perceive as evil is really an example of his love or her love. Well, this is a definition of love that we can't comprehend because it's exactly the opposite of how we define love. Uh, if disease is, is an example of God's love, shouldn't we all try to get as sick as possible? <laughs> uh, and are doctors violating God's will when they try to cure disease? Yeah, this sounds more like the definition of abuse. Like, this is what, like, I love you, so I'm going to hurt you. That's, I, that's... If you're in a relationship like that, you know, no, that's not, right. that's we, not a healthy relationship. There are places that you can get help, and we will be happy to help you find them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's churches. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I mean, uh, that isn't one that I've heard a lot, and it's, it just seems, it, it just seems uh, very strange to me. Yeah. You know, it's, that's not how, how love is usually exhibited. No. Um, all right. So how about... Evil brings us closer to God. Evil is justified because suffering makes us turn to God for comfort. Okay. Well, can't God think of a better way to entice us without torturing us first? Uh, a mother nurtures her baby. Okay. There's no evil involved. The baby has an appreciation, uh, bonds with the mother, love happens. Uh, no, no, I mean, the baby's a little hungry, but a little hungry, I wouldn't put that in the same category as evil. Um, how much gratitude, for example, should we show to a doctor for curing us from a disease that he inflicts upon us in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, and that's an issue I have with the whole idea of sin, really, uh, in churches where it's like, uh, you know, they, can, they try to convince you you have this, this terrible, you know, disease of sin, and then they have the answer. Yeah, so they made up the problem and then conveniently have conveniently the solution. have the solution right there for 10% of your money and all your time. Um, <laughs> Okay, so uh, moving on. Evil doesn't last very long. Any misery that occurs to us on earth is brief compared to the eternity in a wonderful, amazing heaven. Yeah, well, any amount of evil is still evil, and it's contrary to the definition of all loving. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, next, the creator is always justified. Um, you know, we can't uh, say what's immoral. God is morally justified in tormented people because he created them. Mm-hmm. Well, this confuses the power to torture someone with the right to torture someone. Do the parents who create a child have a right to torture that child? Does might make right? Just because God can torture us, is it ethically right for him to do so? Right. Is this like the cosmic equivalent of, like, I brought you into this world, I can take you out? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, with, with AI and stuff that's coming in, I, I think about that, too. It's like if, we, if I had the ability to create a, a robot that could think and feel and, and uh, be self-aware, et cetera, would I then have, be justified in treating it any way I wanted? And, of course, you know, there are TV yeah, shows, Would I be justified in torturing my cat? Right. Would that, you know, it seems wrong. Uh, natural evil is necessary as a warning of hell. Humans need natural evil to warn them against sinning. That will lead to even worse suffering in the afterlife. Okay. Uh, well, we're talking about natural evil here. So wouldn't human-caused evils produce sufficient suffering to act as a warning? Uh, yes. I, I would think so. <laughs> Number 14. Without evil, life would be boring. Humans like a sense of, <laughs> sense of adventure. Life wouldn't be as interesting without the challenge of evil. Yeah, these are real arguments I've heard. <laughs> I just, that's, that, that one blows my mind. It's like, really? I do not want to be that person's friend. No. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's go on an adventure. No, I am not going no. anywhere with you. <laughs> it's always the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> or the trunk of a car. Right. <laughs> well, there's a difference between a welcome challenge and an unwelcome challenge. Uh, people who enjoy a sense of adventure are free to choose the risks they want to take. Now, if a reporter, for example deliberately approaches a hurricane, he or she has only uh, himself or herself to blame for any negative consequences. But what about the people in the path of the hurricane who don't wish to experience that? I would right. say that's the vast majority of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you decide that you really like rock climbing, you take on that, that sort of, yeah. you know, that's, that's your choice. No one's saying, you know. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy reading. Put on top of the mountain by somebody else. Then it, then it feels mean. By a gigantic earth, you know, covering flood. Then it, me then it feels mean. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy reading poetry, and that requires some effort on my part to turn the page. But no suffering is involved. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there, oh, sorry, uh, the uh, poetry of the Gorgons. Or, uh, yeah. Gorgons? Yeah. Gorgon, yeah. yeah. Anyways, okay, moving, moving on. Um, Evil is necessary to prove God's existence. Sounds a little odd, but the existence of evil proves the existence of God because without a God-given sense of good and bad, we would not be able to identify some things as evil in the first place. Okay. Well, can't an all-powerful and all-loving God come up with a better way to prove his existence other than by torturing us? Why doesn't he just reveal himself? And if you believe in uh, the Judeo-Christian God, uh, God was revealing himself left and right. So God can't have a philosophical problem with revealing himself unless he's changed. Now, now he doesn't like mm. to do it, but God is unchanging. So there's another contradiction. So if God didn't have a problem before and he's unchanging, then he shouldn't have a problem now. So if he really wants us to believe in us and he's got two choices, hmm, I'll torture them or I'll just show myself. 
Well, it seems the ethical thing would be to just show yourself. Yeah, once every hundred years or so to remind right. people that nope, those people a hundred years ago weren't lying. I really am here. I'm I'm often asked, it's like, well, what would what would show be enough proof for you for that God exists? I'm like, you know, I'm not even sure, but an omnipotent God would know. Exactly. And could give it to me at any time. And could personalize that evidence for Absolutely. you. If he truly loved you right. and didn't want you to Wouldn't suffer. Wouldn't be any effort. Yeah. Uh, okay, and finally, God had to create the earth this way. Natural evil is an unfortunate necessity. A planet without natural evil could not operate in a way that would support human life. Okay. Well, according to legend, God created humans from scratch. So he first creates the planet. Now, couldn't he create a planet without any natural disasters, without disease? If he's all-powerful, you'd think he could do that. Then he's going to create a being to live on this planet. Couldn't he create a being that could survive perfectly well without natural disasters hitting him <laughs> every once in a while? You'd think that a god could do this, and it seems to me that it's limiting God's power or knowledge uh, to say that he couldn't have done this. Right. No. Which, you know, I'm fine with, but hey, I mean, it, it's your, it, it's their fiction. They get to write it. Right. Again, write a better version. Again, it falls back to that. It's like, well, that's one of the things. Maybe it just isn't all powerful. But you kind of have to give up one of these, one of these yeah. tenets that you mentioned. Yeah, so my conclusion is that none of these 16 explanations is sufficient to justify the existence of natural evil. And hospitals are monuments to God's incompetence indifference or cruelty i like the i like the way you put i mean i work in a hospital so i guess i'm really happy that god does all of those things um <laughs> thank you cruel god for my paycheck right you would probably give up that paycheck to get rid of it <laughs> yeah you know i i would have i i sometimes joke with with a few patients it'll be like yeah or with friends it's like i want all suffering to be gone but i also need a job <laughs> you, could go in, you could go into teaching. I could go into there teaching, you go. yes. We'll return to our discussion with August and Daniel right after this brief commercial break. This is Maddie Love, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950. I'm Maddie Love, in studio this week with August and Daniel. All right, we only have a few minutes before American Atheist Viewpoints begins, so I'm going to turn it back over to you, Daniel. Well, I, uh, I'm, I know that August had uh, a few other um, considerations that he had said he might want to talk about, so I think I just would like to hear what he has to say on that. Okay. Well, um, at the end of my pamphlet, I come up with some additional comments. If you, the listener, had the knowledge and power of a god, would you have created birth defects, disease, and natural disasters? And if not, then you're nicer than the God you believe in. And this God should be praying to you for moral advice rather than the other way around. There's that, that famous, uh, you know, um, hand-scratched message uh, in, in, I think it was Auschwitz. You know, it's like, if there is a God, he's going to have to beg for my forgiveness. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Out that. Yeah. If, if you had somebody you loved, would you take a syringe full of malaria and inject it into that person? Probably not. If you love him, you wouldn't do that. But this is what God does every day using a mosquito as the syringe. Okay. Even if it's just allowing it, you know, yeah. it's, it's, still, it's still the same thing. Would you? Yeah, I wouldn't let my kids run around with syringes full of malaria poking people either. <laughs> yeah. It's good to know, Maddie. Uh, <laughs> uh, humans spend a lot of time mopping up after God's mistakes. And some people say that God works through us. 
but the reason we have to do the Lord's work is because the Lord isn't doing it himself. <laughs> and if we're doing the, the work, atheist burden. Yeah. And if we're doing the work, shouldn't we take the credit? Yeah, uh, that's so true. <laughs> I'm not picturing God as like this lazy, incompetent, like you know, like owner of like. You know. <laughs> Could you take care of that, please? Yeah. Servants. <laughs> now, as we mentioned earlier, uh, if God can create a heaven where there's no human evil, uh, why can't he do it on earth? Okay. And if the God of the Bible intervened to save the Jews from Pharaoh uh, without interfering with their free will or endangering it, then why can't he, didn't he intervene to save the Jews from Hitler? Okay, the, t the ten plagues, he, in he, he intervenes and um, didn't seem to damage their free will any. And again, you can't just say it's like, well, it's some massive plan that's beyond our comprehension. That that just isn't an answer. Yeah. Well, it's not an acceptable answer. Um, if Jesus healed some people, and somehow this didn't endanger their free will, if Jesus healed some people, but he had the power to heal everyone, which he would have if he was all-powerful, then wasn't it immoral for him not to do so? Mm. Or there's a Tim Minchin song. It's "Thank You God for Curing the Cataracts of Sam's Mom," and he's talking about yes, the power of prayer works in right. this one specific instance of this easily preventable disease. It, it does not work for amputees. No, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the Bible itself admits that God creates evil. A lot of people don't know this. In Isaiah 45:7, uh, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. And then in Lamentations 3.38, is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? And in Amos 3.6, when disaster comes to a city, has not the Lord caused it? Oh, it's a little damning. Yeah. <laughs> so... The Bible admits that uh, God causes evil. This is great. And uh, even in the Quran, uh, Surah 113, uh, verses 1 to 2, Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of daybreak, Allah, from the evil of that which he created. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk. Uh, following in just about 10 seconds is the latest episode of American Atheist Viewpoint. Thank you so much for listening. This has been AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.